Welcome back. And we are live. Okay, fantastic. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the MindMeld PR vlog. And today, I have a special guest, Melissa Brecker, who is the head of Brecker Group. Um, and I'm, we're going to learn more about Melissa in a moment. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about changing how companies communicate. Mm -hmm. Changing how companies communicate. So this is something that Melissa knows all about, and I know a little bit about. So uh, let's uh, put two heads together and have a fun conversation. Um, before we get started uh, too far along, Melissa, um, maybe you can give your origin story. What makes you the best person to be talking about uh, changing how companies communicate? Well, I originally, I started way back in the beginning in marketing. And really what I started to notice was so many companies were really struggling with actually thinking strategically around content. So from there, um, through the process of learning more about content strategy and the requirements, what I, what I really uncovered was that changing how people think around uh, how we communicate and how we connect with people was actually one of the biggest obstacles. So really from my perspective, what I've spent my work doing is really helping prepare people to, to really connect um, around a common vision. So they're better able to really not only understand who they're connecting with, but actually get the results that they want. Because let's face it, we've all been in the situation where, um, you know, we think people understand what we're saying, but in reality, it's just, we're not, it, we're not, it doesn't land. So I, like my whole thing is uh, consulting and communicating and really coaching people through what are the better ways for us to work together and how can communication really help us do that? Mm. Well, you are the expert, so we're about to uh, learn a lot. Um, so I'm very much looking forward to chatting with you about this. Uh, mm -hmm. I've known you for a number of years, actually, uh, although we've, uh, uh, I, we, we've never worked closely together, but we, we sort of keep very similar circles in, in the yes, we do. marketing and, and communications uh, mm -hmm. uh, sector. So uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this. This is the first time maybe in, in, a, in a long while we've had a chance to really dig deep into something. So uh, mm -hmm. without further ado, um, let's kick off with my first question. Um, let's get specific. What are some common problems with how companies communicate externally with their customers? Mm -hmm. When it comes to connecting with outside users, often when we're creating content or any kind of communication, what's happening is we're taking our own perspective. So that means if you were to, I, I guess my challenge would be for you to have a look at your website and circle every time you see we, us, and our. So the real problem is that we're not communicating um, and we're, the user focus is off. We're, we're thinking too much about ourselves versus what people really want. 
which is they want to get in, they want to get and have a great digital experience and they want to leave. They, I, and I hate to say this, but they don't actually necessarily care about you in that way. They have a task to complete. So I think one of the biggest problems that we see in terms of how we're communicating is it's all about us. It's me, 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 versus thinking about who you're actually connecting with, what they care about, and what problem do you actually solve? Mm. That's one of the biggest problems. So I, I think a really good example of this, or you, you can tell me if it is a good example. Um, I, I saw, well, we all saw a flurry of corporate newsletters and updates mm -hmm. and emails uh, in, in the wake of COVID. And uh, one of the funniest uh, tweets I saw was, I think it was from a marketer um, saying, you know, I just didn't know how much all these companies cared about me. Um, <laughs> but they really do. Uh, and, and well, you know, and he was being facetious in, in that, uh, you know, you were just talking about, uh, you know, whether or not or, or how much these, these customers actually care about what you're offering on your website or in your communications. Mm -hmm. um, to, yeah, to me, they, they, they don't want to hear necessarily uh, messages of uh, sympathy and understanding, or they, they don't want to hear it a hundred times from a hundred different companies in a week. Uh, mm -hmm. They want to know how you're going to solve their problem uh, fast uh, cost effectively, um, mm -hmm. and, uh, well, I take out cost and just say effectively. Exactly. Or productively. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing is, um, there's not only a lack of user focus, but I think often, um, we use, especially when it comes to social, we use channels for the wrong things. So with social media, as you know, each channel has attracts a certain kind of audience. And you've seen the memes like Instagram is, you know, the lifestyle you wish you had and Facebook is for the oldies and all of these kind of things. But somehow in trying to distill a message out, people um, use the wrong channels. So they don't necessarily, they, they're not strategic in how they are sharing the information. So it's yes. a match and expected. I think this actually has to do with the nature of the tools we're using for social media. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Hootsuite, for example, and I don't want to pick on them because they have a great product and it works mm -hmm. exactly as it's supposed to, uh, in that you can syndicate uh, messages across different platforms uh, and you could uh, adjust them and, and schedule them separately for, for different uh, platforms. But, in, in my experience, um, when uh, companies do sign up for these platforms and, you know, with the intent, oh, we're going to save all this time, mm -hmm. um, what they wind up doing is creating one message for all channels. And it's usually the sort of lowest common denominator, uh, uh, you know, maybe the message that they would put out on Facebook mm -hmm. uh, and then just splash it out on LinkedIn and Twitter and uh, Instagram and all the rest. and there's just, there's nothing. It's, it's, it's just the same message for every platform. Yeah. It's uh, vanilla marketing. Mm -hmm. It's the one size fits all, mm. you know, and the, the tricky thing about that, especially with the companies I work with, 
when you do that, when you're not strategic in how you're communicating, what it comes across is like, oh, that's noise. I have to turn that down. Yeah. Right. And oh, yes, it's easy. It's very easy to share the same message across different um, channels, for sure. Very easy. But again, you've got to think about the outcomes you're trying to achieve. Sure. So, you know, um, you, you might think of, say, a high effort, high reward kind of strategy for some kinds of businesses, say, on LinkedIn. Uh, I know for my own business, doing personalized outreach through in-mails and, and personalized messages to um, certain CEOs and CTOs and, and other people on my radar, uh, you know, people I have a genuine connection with. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I think they could really use what, uh, what I'm providing um, mm -hmm. in the near term. Um, you know, that's, um, it, 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 it takes effort to target, to find the right people and, and uh, oftentimes adjust your message completely for each individual. Yes. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Uh, you've hit it on the head. If you have a generic message that says, dear name, and we've had those emails come out, right? Where the, like, sub, like the fields didn't match properly. And then suddenly it's like, dear name, we appreciate your business. And you think about it from a customer, ex customer experience perspective. How does that make you feel? It's kind of like, <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. No, that is not, that is not what we want. And I think, you know, to your point, being able to understand channel requirements and being able to be thoughtful in why you would want to reach out to someone on LinkedIn. The generic message like, I want to connect with you on LinkedIn. Take the time. How long does it take to figure out why you would want to connect with someone? Because you're reaching out with them for a purpose anyway, right? Mm. So you want to connect? Why don't you explain why you want to connect? Like, what are the relationships? that you see would make sense like oh we have over 50 connections in common it's funny that we haven't met yet i'd love to connect with you here and learn more about you and what you're up to something as simple as that you give context as to why you think it might be a reason for you know for us to connect mm. it it really I, doesn't take that much time it just yeah. it's like be strategic and if there's not a match don't reach out it, it's a waste of their time. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of their time. Just invest in the things that are going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we've come a long way since, uh, you know, people were building outreach lists with the phone book and the yellow yeah, pages. Sure. <laughs> we, we, we can be more targeted than this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so, all right. So let's, let's say, uh, I think we, we've done a pretty good job of listing out some specific problems that, that can come up, you know, mm -hmm. either wrong message for the wrong platform, uh, or just, you know, not, um, understanding what it is that, that the customer wants or, or not speaking to the, you know, not, not using more, uh, you know, you and your versus mm -hmm. I and us. Uh, kind of language. Mm -hmm. uh, so these are these are some common problems. But yep. all right, so let, let's say um, you know a, a company has taken a uh, an in depth look into their soul and mm -hmm. found themselves wanting. Yes. Um, uh, so you know they they've they're taking a legit uh, uh, effort uh, to to grow and change uh, up 
how they change up how they they communicate mm-hmm. um and you, you know let's i'm not sure if this is a separate question but how does this um you know let actually let's 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 yeah let's keep this specific so uh what what are some of the first things that they need to do uh you know regardless of the size of the company um you know if they want to change um you always start at the beginning so if i i'm not sure what the soul searching involved but mm-hmm. typically um actually doing some and regardless if you're a product or a service it, it doesn't actually matter actually taking the time to understand what the client not only um why they why they come to you in the first place and what problems you're actually trying to solve with your service um is a really great place to start mm. so if you you come from a user perspective at the very beginning then you can quite easily determine how your communication either is meeting their needs or if there's a gap so often when we think about um how we're connecting with people we can look at different frameworks like um you know a content journey perspective so if you think about it when we're buying something we all go through specific stages so we typically go oh you identify a need there's some research there's the decision there's like a post like how is this working for me and hopefully we get to a place called advocacy where they become um a brand advocate for you now it's not a linear process it's not like a oh i'm in just like i'm in research right now but these if you're even if you're looking for um something like a lawnmower like you still go through these phases you know and you go through different channels so you might ask your neighbor like what lawnmower do you have and the the broad questions start to get quite narrow as they go through the experience so instead of like i want a lawnmower this now i want an electric lawnmower that has a battery power of 8 hours that can be plugged in and my neighbors can use like so as we're going through these um the experience from a specific audience perspective we can then use the result of that journey to actually say okay so what questions do people have mm. um what kind of topics are they expecting to see that address their questions and then how can we help them how can we offer the right information so people like oh this is a fit for me this is so great this is the loan mower that i'm looking for with this with these features and here's how i buy and it's very simple so it's so, a very generalized approach but yeah it's, yeah it's, well i i i think you know that that's that's a great way to look at it uh, in sort of an abstract way and then in a maybe more tactical way um you know you see companies that still are are putting out lots of blog posts and and uh you know top they'll have uh, a series on you know our top 5 tips about how to use xyz which is mm-hmm. uh, part part of their uh part of their product line and so they'll they'll put a lot of time and effort into education Mm-hmm. um and uh i know one of my uh saas clients has has had a lot of success with that where you know they they sort of provide so much information that even if they know that uh, some of the the information won't be digested by actual customers it doesn't matter because some of it will be uh mm-hmm. um and so i i think it's 
uh, a lot of companies are still doing this and I think it's the right thing. I, I, I don't know why every year there's someone makes a bold statement, the blog is dead and it's like, mm. nope, it's, 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 it's still <laughs> it, it a tool. Survives. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think the real question is what questions do your audience have? Mm. Like, what are they curious about? What, like, as they're exploring their options, what do they need to know? Mm. And then how does your, the topics that you're sharing, whether it's through your product pages or whether it's through blog articles, how do those things actually match? Mm. Because really what we want to do is we want to be, we want to be that trusted source. We want to be able to help them understand things that they don't quite understand yet. Mm. Right. Mm. And the, and more importantly, how we can help them get get to where they want to go. It, mm. how, how do you, um, how, uh, maybe let's take a little step back. Uh, mm -hmm. How can you identify when there is a problem that you're, you can be relatively certain you're not answering this question? I think it shows up in multiple ways. Mm. The first thing is have a look at your, your um, web traffic. Have a look at where people are staying on your website. Right, so you've got some analytics in place. So analytics can be a really great place to understand which topics are really working and which topics may not be a fit. Mm. And it's not to say that the topic isn't important if you're not getting traffic there, but maybe it's not optimized in a way for people to actually find it in the first place. The second thing to look at is what calls are you getting from people? What questions are actually people calling in about? because those questions are undefined topics. So if you're able to provide content on your website and it's like, I don't understand which screw I need for this thing. Okay, that right there is a topic to share with people, especially you'll see the themes in the calls that you're getting. Mm. So, so that's... that's just a missed opportunity to provide content that's relevant, targeted and specific to where they are through this buying journey or through the, the, the customer journey. Right. So, you know, communication isn't just about speaking and broadcasting. It's about listening and under, so, so you have Thank to understand. You. This is 100%. If we actually took the time to listen and ask better questions, whew, all of that content that isn't working would never be created in the first place. Mm. So it's actually, I often recommend to stop what you're doing. Don't keep churning if it's not creating the results because it's wasting your time and you're not getting the results. So it's kind of like, let's take a step back. What is working and how can we do more of that? Totally, totally. Um, okay, I wanna switch gears a little bit because sure. we've, we've been talking a little bit of, well, we've, we've been focusing on external communications mm -hmm. essentially to customers. Uh, right. But another interesting thing that uh, you're involved with uh, is helping companies to uh, implement employee engagement approaches. And um, so communicating internally, and especially now that we're all remote. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, the the biggest many of us, the biggest challenge many of us are facing right now is this, you know, 
it was business as usual and now it is not business as usual and now i have to have conversations with people in different ways different like remotely like this all the time um and so there's a there's a big there's a big opportunity here actually mm. i mean it's disruptive and there's still lots of uncertainty we really don't know there's no i can't say well on this date it will all be solved no we're all in the same boat together but it's kind of an opportunity simply because just as i said we should stop from our external communication perspective i'm saying this is the perfect break for us to have a look and see what we're actually doing with folks because there's a much like there's a much higher likelihood that people because of this uncertainty is are becoming disengaged and i'm sure lots of you may be doing things like oh we've got the social cocktail hour um happening so you know we're connecting yes and i would say yes there's there's lots of opportunities to do it differently mm. so that's one option but actually having real person-to-person -person conversations like we're having right now they don't have to happen by accident. Like we can actually think about the relationships we have with people at work and actually work to make them stronger and better. And a great place to start actually, is there's something called um, a stake, stakeholder analysis uh, framework. So it's basically, and you can Google this, but it's, it's a way for you to map out the relationship of everyone on your team in terms of influence and power. So it's like people um, people can be very much engaged um, on a project or they have a big impact or influence on it, but they also have influence, right? So interest and influence are the two. Anyway, Google it, you'll see, you'll see. Um, and really what we want to do is we want to identify the people we should really invest in to help us share our messages in a strategic way. So right now you might be saying you have the same, same thing, vanilla, vanilla messaging. It's like same thing for everyone. But what if we took a step back and we took a different perspective? What if we identified three people within your group that are the big influencers? And we could start to share kind of different messages with them about what you're doing and the work that you're doing. So they share it with other people in a storytelling capacity, right? So we don't think about our relationships because it's like, oh, you know, oh, we're friends. We're, you know, we're good. Oh, we do this. But actually, excuse me for my noisy coworker. Um, <laughs> Um, really what we can do is we can challenge our thinking around our relationships at work as well because we have this natural disruption right so that's mm. the opportunity that we have mm. is to actually reset and maybe think strategically about some of our relationships as well can you give me a specific example about how that approach might have worked uh, either with uh, a personal client? You don't have to name names yeah. or, or uh, you know, just, yeah. Um, just so I can sort of make this. I understand what that looks like. Mind. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll give you a scenario. And then, so there's a, on a project I was recently working on, there was 15 people within the group that was part of the key group. Two of the people had very low interest. Like they were like, mm. they also had low influence. So those people I really wouldn't invest in, right? 
But then there are people that have um, higher influence and low interest. So I would keep those people informed. I would let them know, but I wouldn't spend too much time. Mm. Then there are people that have lots of interest, but have low influence. Mm. So again, we would be sharing, even though it may not be impactful for right now, further down the track, they may be able to support messaging in a very specific way. Like they may, cause they very interested in like, they're like, tell me more about what's happening with your project. Mm-hmm. Right. But the people in the top right quadrant, they're the people that have interest and influence. So they're the people that spread the seeds of your story and spread the seeds of the messaging that you have about the project, the impact it's creating and why it's important to change. So that's where you focus all of your attention. Does that, does that help? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's clear. I think um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cognizant right now that you've been very generous with your time, but I, I wanted to ask you one final question uh, and it's around resistance to mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of the things we've been talking about are ways to implement positive change or, or effective change in communication, both internally and externally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not always a straightforward or easy journey because you can get, uh, you know, hurdles that, that, you know, are, are deliberately placed in your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you can be specific about, you know, some of the kind of resistance to change that you've seen and how to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting when it comes to resistance and resistance to change is one of those things. that's like the, it, it, it's kind of done the, this is a big topic and people it's, you know, there's quotes like people don't resist change. They resist being changed. So when it comes to change too, there's different factors at play. So often there's the top down approach. So it's like you must change, but also we can, we can apply a different lever in terms of uh, a bottom up. So it's kind of like we're having um, two different perspectives working together, Mm. right? So if we think about people that are in projects like these high interest, high influence folks, they can actually be um, champions for the change. Mm. And really resistance for change relates to a lack of readiness for change. Not that often it's because people don't really understand the, the impact for them. So they're like, I'm not, you're going to have to convince me. I'm not doing that. Forget it. Yeah. Right? So would an example of that be, for instance, um, we had uh, on, on a very simple level, um, uh, there was a company I worked with. We were putting out messaging that um, uh, some messages on, on LinkedIn and we mm-hmm. wanted to make use of other employees outside of the marketing department who, mm-hmm. let's say, had LinkedIn accounts. And it's like, all right. you have to do is like or share. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, certain departments um, just like would not get on board, even if they, they would say yes. And, you know, of course, you know, I, I get that it takes 10 seconds and I'm on LinkedIn right now. There's a tab open. Mm-hmm. It, it just would not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, it's, I mean, part of it was, I, I totally understood it wasn't their job and they, mm-hmm. they didn't see it as well. It's, it wasn't part of their job description. 
Yep. If, if, if they looked at it larger as, uh, you know, this isn't just a job, this is, I'm part of an organization and, and part of something bigger and I want it to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, maybe they could look at it that way. Uh, but there was, you know, for this tiny, tiny thing, uh, and, and, you know, it could have potentially, um, you know, improved the reach of some of our messaging at, at, at a fairly critical time, um, could have improved reach by double, triple, uh, cause mm-hmm. it's a fairly big company and, right. uh, uh, just couldn't, couldn't get it to happen. So I don't know, is that, is that a good example of resistance mm-hmm. to change and, and, and how would you get past that? So that really points to readiness for change. Hmm. Because when you ask them, how involved were they before you asked them? Uh, Well, not at all. (laughs) So it's kind of like me saying, so Jonathan, could you use your personal professional network to share out a message about this workshop I've I've got coming out Hmm. after Hmm. we haven't, a, you don't understand, what's the purpose of the workshop? Mm. Who are we targeting? What does it mean for me? What's my, like, what's my knowledge around, like, what's the bigger mm. organizational goal? What's my goal if I share it? Mm. Right? And then how will you offer me support? Like, after it happens, have you clarified what happens if someone comes back to me? Are you providing me other messaging? Mm. How are we going to reinforce that behavior? Uh, like all of these things, you just came out of the blue and said, it's kind of like bumping into someone on the street saying, will you marry me? Well, first of all, who are you? What are you doing? Why would I marry you? What's expected of me? What will happen if we do get married? Right? You, you don't do that. Well, I know. No, actually, I don't know anyone who would do that. <laughs> no, exactly. I don't know. Your friends may be different from my friends. Clearly, that's a, that's a funny analogy. But yeah. what I'm saying is, if you had, l- let's do a reverse omatic. Let's mm. talk about a different scenario. So you've identified there's an opportunity for them to share. One of the first things you could do is say, we're going to be having a lunch and learn around what we're doing with this particular campaign um, and share some of the the successes that we've had so far. Or if it's a new campaign, maybe it's like, we're really promoting these products in this way coming up. What we're hoping for is we'd love to get your insights in terms of what would work um, for promotion. Maybe you have some ideas you can share, right? We have some ideas, but we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Bring them in, have a conversation. Hi. Here's, the, here's what we're doing for this project. We're really excited about it for these reasons. Here's the business outcomes we're hoping to achieve. Mm. Before we tell you about what we're doing, we'd love to get your thoughts about how you could get involved and what that would look like. Right. So, you know, uh, yeah, be reasonable, I guess. Yeah. Is the... It might be like a 30-minute conversation, but they know about the project, why it's important, what kind of outcomes you're expecting. Mm. how they can participate and maybe they have a better idea i yeah. I've, i like or maybe they're building on your idea oh fantastic we're yeah. collaborating yeah well i think a lot of the resistance uh to you know doing something like that um in whether it was my team or other teams that are facing a similar scenario and i'm not talking about the resistance from the the people who wouldn't 
uh, uh, share the LinkedIn messages. I'm talking yeah. about the resistance to, to, of, of someone to, uh, you know, do that lunch and learn or do the prep work is mm -hmm. where we, we project our attitudes and our knowledge uh, on others. So we assume people know things that they don't know. Um, yes. And so, you know, for, for, you know, someone in the company to make a suggestion, oh, just, you know, do this. It's going to take you 10 seconds. This is great. You're, you're assuming uh, uh, maybe, um, I don't know, hours worth of, of knowledge uh, and, and wisdom and, and experience in that person that they have no idea what you're talking about. No, and not only that, it's their personal professional network. Hmm. So they have ex-bosses on there. They have like people they've met at conferences hmm. on there. And so you also have this um, perception around how will I be perceived if I share this message, hmm. right? What's my personal brand and what's the impact to that? Hmm. So, so the approach, that top-down approach can certainly, it's a, I think it's important from a business perspective, but I'm also saying, how can we kind of turn things on the side and actually identify the champions within the group and use the top down to actually, so we kind of work together. Not only that, why don't we ask different kinds of questions instead of telling, why don't we ask, like what other things can we explore? Because they will tell you what their comfort level is and they will own that decision versus you saying, could you do this? It will take you 10 seconds. So even the fact that you've indicated that it's just a quick thing mm. means that maybe you haven't thought about the long-term impact for me because it's my personal professional network. So it's it, engaging them in a different way and asking some questions up front, and then, you know, they can opt in or opt out. But the people that opt in, they're like, yes, this is fantastic. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's taking advantage of, or not even taking advantage, but, uh, well, I'll say using human psychology uh, in, in a you know, straightforward way. People want to know what's in it for them. Tell them what's in it for them. And good things Ask will happen. Ask the question, what's in it yeah. for you? What do you mm. think this could mean for you? Mm. What questions do you have? Mm. Where do you think it might be, um, you know, where do you think there might be obstacles or roadblocks for you to do this? Mm. Okay. Uh, well, this has been a wide ranging and, and educational <laughs> conversation. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I've really enjoyed actually uh, delving into this. So, um, mm -hmm. however, we could go on for hours. So let's, let's uh, make sure that we do talk in future. I'll ha we'll have you on the show again. Uh, for sure. In the meantime, uh, if people wanted to find you online, uh, yep. learn more about Brecker Group, uh, mm -hmm. how would they do so? You can find me on LinkedIn as Melissa Brecker, or you can find me at breckergroup.com. Perfect. Yeah. Well, you've been listening to the MindMeld PR vlog. I am your host, Jonathan Narvey. I've been speaking with Melissa Brecker, and I look forward to uh, having you once again on the MindMeld <laughs> PR vlog. Cheers. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.